freedom. Subjugation is liberation. Contradiction is truth. Those are the facts of this world. And you will all surrender to them. You pigs in human clothing! Continuing to... Continuing to what? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, continuing to... Uh, uh, shit. You're continuing to shit? Well, at least it's not in space. Oh, okay. Shut in space! Continuing to contribute to the death of the mainstream media... Broadcasting from my bunker in the Blue Ridge Mountains, this is Dean Ledwig, and with me as always... Hey, this is Scott Dunlop reporting from an abandoned missile silo in Lukenbach, Texas, and I'm here to share with you the good news. And I'm here just to screw up. Well, that's okay, because first off, we have our favorite segment, the Wheel of Genders. Yes. Wheel of Genders! All right, I am a Domino's Noid holding a Let's Go Brandon sign. And I am an empty shelf at a grocery store. So you're pretty common. Yeah, I'm pretty common. I'm, I'm going to be normal today. All right, so uh, some supply chain issues in your area? It might be. Well, huh. speaking of supply chain issues... So we're going to take care of news today first. Uh, we're going to mix it up a little bit and not talk about tech. We'll talk about that in the second segment. America faces supply chain disruptions and shortages. Tell me more. There's a quiet panic happening in the U.S. economy. Medical labs are running out of supplies. And Petri dishes, summer camps, and restaurants are having to trouble getting food. Oh, have you been to the grocery store lately? You know, it, well, the funny thing is I'll go to one grocery store and they'll be out of just about everything. I'll go to the next one and they're full. Yeah. So when we talk about food and we talk about grocery stores, the in a metropolitan area, you only have three days worth of food and it gets yeah. shipped in every three days. Well, yeah, that way, you know, they don't uh, they can restock their shelves and, and nothing goes bad. And also there's that just in time. Yeah. Six Sigma thing that they do also. But every three days you get food delivered. So if something disrupts in there, you've only got three days worth of food and then it's gone. Right. I mean, you know, well, we saw it at the beginning of the pandemic with you know, not food, but toilet paper. Mm -hmm. um, there was no toilet paper shortage. Well, this from The Guardian says the problem seems to be getting worse and the shortages pile on top of each other like a snake eating its tail. <laughs> I kind of like that, that visual. But for instance, the inability to fix trucks means truck drivers can't haul boxes of good, which actually contain the parts needed to fix the trucks. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the Democratic Party. Well, yeah. So we're going to get into something here. Hold on. 
Ah, the fun begins. So we're going to talk a little conspiracy theory. Uh, and, and Dean and I have been talking about this for a little bit, is that they're really trying to either getting us to do more with less, like a company does all the time, do more with less, or they're trying to get us desperate and more compliant. What say you, Dean? Well, you know, I think uh, both of those aspects, I have several different thoughts on the whole supply chain issue. I think there's a lot of factors contributing to it. Sure. Um, first off, I think China is actually going bankrupt. Uh, I think they've inflated their, their currency for so long and so big that the bubble is actually bursting, you know, which which accounts for a lot a lack of the supply coming out of China because they can't afford to build these things. I mean, right now, you know, they just started receiving coal from Australia again so that they can use their power plants, but um, they're doing it at a much smaller rate. I think they stopped it because they couldn't afford it any longer. Okay, let's talk about that for a second. So they've been having power shortages, and these companies are mm -hmm. manufacturing all these goods for us that we shipped overseas. We shipped all the manufacturing overseas. Yeah and put our own people out of work yeah. and said that they need to do more with college. So they went to college and got degrees in, I don't know. Lesbian dance theory. Yeah. Lesbian dance theory, uh, women's studies, men's, uh, Oh no, there's well, no, no such thing as men's studies, but anyway, they're manufacturing all this stuff and their plants just shut down cause there's no power. Right. And, and that's ex exactly how they do it. They don't say, Hey, you guys need to shut down for a little bit. They just turn off the power. Yeah. So I think um, that is part of what's what's causing this. But I think they're seeing a benefit. Um, uh, when I say they, I mean the conspiracy theory, globalists, uh, call them what you will. Um, the people like the World Economic Forum who are proposing the Great Reset, who actually proposed it back in, I think it was 2016 mm -hmm. when they first proposed it, the fact that you will have less but be happier. Yes. You will own no property. You will commute together with people. You, I mean, it's it's for those of you that haven't actually looked up the Great Reset, I, I suggest you do that and read what they actually propose. And this is a semi-governing body that was not elected or even appointed. They created it themselves, this World Economic Forum. Well, it's not, it's not only that. It's not only that, okay, so the masses get used to dealing with less and become happy with less, which is not, that doesn't make any sense. But the other people that are at the top, they don't have to do, they don't have to change anything. No. No, they want us to, you know, be the, you know, worker bees, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, we will, the world will be their ant farm. Yeah. We will have less. We'll get used to having less. That way, when we have just a little bit more, we'll be really happy. Well, the, they talk about the railroads and deregulation in 1980 wall street consolidated 33 firms into just seven and because of the surface transportation board lacks authority wall street owned railroads cut their workforce by 33 percent over the last six years degrading public shipping capacity 
the Pacific Union closed a giant Chicago sorting facility in 2019. It is now has so much backed up traffic that it suspended traffic from the West Coast ports. Ocean, ocean shipping is the same. In 1997, Ocean Shipping Reformed Act legalized secret rebates and led a merger wave. The entire industry has now consolidated globally into three giant alliances, occasionally crash their too big to sell ships into the side of the Suez Canal. (laughs) Wow. So back on the China thing is Mm -hmm. I think that's, I think that's twofold. Yeah. I think that they started out, started Mm -hmm. out with a, let's, let's create a, a false shortage. Right. And I think the power issue and the money issue was a bad domino effect yeah, because of that. Absolutely. Well, the 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 chip shortage really kind of initiated most of this, mm-hmm. um, and I think that was a false shortage. I don't think there was a silicon issue. Um, I don't think there was an issue that caused that shortage. Other than, look, we're China, and we're going to show you what what power we have. Yeah. And it's backing, it's backfiring on them. Sure is. And the other thing too is we're we're talked about the trucks that they can't ship on the trucks the parts needed to fix for the trucks. Right. And we're getting into this transportation shortage. And I've I've always said I'm a I'm a I'm kind of an expert on supply chain because mm-hmm. of my job. Mm-hmm. And when I look at these things, I look at the lowest common denominator. What is going to break down? Right. And the first thing that's going to break down is transportation. If you don't have transportation, a lot of bad things start happening. Absolutely. People don't realize that it's not the goods. It's the transportation of the goods. Well, look what happens when uh, gas prices shoot through the roof. Everything goes up because the transportation costs. Yes. Um, Now... The transportation, there's a few different things going on there. There are over 100 ships now circling outside the port in Los Angeles, in Los Angeles and Long Beach, mm-hmm. which they handle 40% of all uh, goods shipped to the United States uh, through the Pacific. So from China, Indonesia, Taiwan, Japan, you know, all of those countries. which is an immense amount come through those two ports. Well, my question is, is why aren't they just going to Oakland? Oakland has a port. I don't know. Um, Is uh, is Oakland not big enough? I I don't know. I can't find an answer to that question Mm -hmm. because I was wondering the same thing. Because, see, Oakland is a a 24-hour-a-day port. Right. Uh, Los Angeles is, is not. They don't run 24 hours a day. So it makes me wonder... What is really going on there? And Los Angeles will not allow trucks older than uh, 2016 2016, um, to enter their port to pick stuff up. So it's not so much. They're saying there's not enough drivers and there's not enough trucks. No, there's not enough trucks, trucks that they find compliant. Well, there's another thing, too, is a lot of the truckers out there who really make money at doing this, who make a good living, Mm -hmm. their trucks are 1999 or older because of the logging. Because you can only drive 
with the digital logging mm-hmm. after 2000, you can only drive 11 hours and then you right. have to shut it down. Yes. I know that when I drive from Texas to anywhere, because it's usually about eight hours to just to get out of Texas, just to get out of Texas. Yeah. <laughs> That I'll drive 16, 18, 20 hours. Yeah, most of us do on a road trip or something. We'll drive definitely more than 11 hours. Yeah, yeah. And if it were my job, you know, I w- hey, I would drive 16 hours. That's uh, two eight-hour days right there. Yeah. It, it shouldn't be a problem. With these shortages, you know, ch- chips is one thing. Yeah, we can sort of do without mm-hmm. chips. Food, not so much. No. And that's the strange thing that that we were talking about earlier is that you go to one grocery store and they're fully stocked. You go to another and they're completely empty. Yeah. And what I think that they're trying to do is stagger deliveries. That's very possible. That uh, it, that makes sense. The booze shortage. <laughs> <laughs> there is, are some people pissed. Is uh, is starting to get there too. You know, uh, hit them where it hurts, right? And when people start looking at these, uh, Bernie may get his bread lines. Well, as he said, bread lines are great because it means people are getting fed. Which means they're not working while they're standing in line. Right. <laughs> but they get fed. They get bread. Yeah, where's the problem in all of this? So, uh, not looking good. Don't want to start out on a bad note on this, but it's not looking good for the supply chain. And I get the feeling through my studies that it's not at the bottom quite yet. No, and um, I, I, I feel the same way. Plus, what I'm reading is it's going to be at least mid-2022 before uh, the supply chain issues start to get resolved. It just makes me wonder how many people Bill Gates can really kill off to for his population control. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I have no love for that guy. I never have. Well, the next thing I've got in the same vein uh-huh. is inflation surges by the most in 13 years as energy prices spike. So here we go. 13-year high inflation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this because I said it last night to Mrs. Dunlop is this is the Carter years all over again. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's what I've been saying for some time. And some of us are old enough to remember the gas shortage and the lines and the things we had to do uh, in the seventies. I remember uh, in some States it was the last number on your license plate. If it was odd, you could buy gas on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. If it was even, you could buy gas on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Nobody could get more than $5 worth of gas or five gallon. I can't remember. It's like $5 or five gallons or something. You know, uh, that was one of the issues. I mean, energy prices were through the roof. Inflation was through the roof. Um, it took a massive change in uh, things like taxation. You know, when Reagan came into office, first thing he did, one of the first things he did was lower taxes and everything started to bounce back. Right. Which, you know, it's funny how Democrats think that's the worst thing in the world, but it's actually Kennedy's suggestion. JFK was wanting to lower taxes. And uh, because it's a proven fact, lowering taxes increases spending, increases government revenue, 
the IRS would get more money or the government would get more money by lowering taxes than by raising taxes. Right. And here's some facts. Energy prices climbed 1.3% in September alone and now is up 24.8% over the past year. Food prices jumped 0.9% last month and are now up 46 annually. Prices for meats, poultry, fish, and eggs have climbed 10.5% this year, while beef prices are up 17.6%. Well, I just uh, I just filled my car with gas yesterday and paid 20 cents a gallon higher than what I did the previous week. And I live in an area that always has some of the lowest gas prices in the nation. California, a lot of places are over $5 a gallon. That's insane. Well, uh, this inflation thing is not good because that means your dollar just will not go as far. So they're making you poor by inflation. And, yeah. and it's, it's crazy. It's crazy how these things are going up and needlessly. We were energy independent under Trump. Yes. Energy independent. Yes. And then Biden sold us out. Let's go, first Brandon. Day, first day in office. Yeah. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Uh, sold us out to the Saudis and OPEC yeah. again, mm-hmm. just like Carter did. Yes. Now, during the 70s, when Carter sold us out to OPEC, uh, I I was in the great state of Texas, and people were literally just shooting themselves. Yeah. People who had oil leases on their, on their properties. Everybody thinks that, Carter was such a good guy, and he may have been a good guy, but he was a horrible leader. Horrible Absolutely. Leader. Absolutely. And I, I, I honestly believe he's a good guy. Yeah, I do too. I think he's a good person. He's just a bad leader. And there were people just really killing themselves over all their losses. It, it's just crazy. And now, now it seems like Biden's doing the same thing. Well, yeah, and, you know, the oil companies are not going to push back on this at all because now, unlike what it used to be, now oil prices are uh, regulated by however how well it's trading on the market, mm-hmm. uh, the world market. So these oil companies in the United States, Exxon, you know, et cetera, and I'm not calling them out, I'm just saying, you know, an American oil company, what... Uh, is happening is they're making a ton more profit Mm -hmm. from doing the exact same thing. And because the oil market is the price of crude oil is going up, you know, so they're not going to complain that they're making more profits. Now, when we were energy independent, that uh, price per barrel dropped significantly because we didn't have to pay other countries for it. Yeah. And so, you know, they weren't making near the profits they were a year ago that they are now. You know, we're talking, and we're talking billions of dollars in profit. Well, let's get some numbers here. So gas prices surged more than 42% mm-hmm. since Biden took office. Mm-hmm. Gas prices are up across the nation, up 42% since the great... <laughs> Great geriatric <laughs> white hope <laughs> was ushered into office by 80 million American voters. Let's go, Brandon. 
Yeah, uh, Joe Biden has spent every working hour of his day, roughly two or three, focused on that mission. <laughs> wow. So 42%, man. Uh, I mean, where, who do they think that that affects? You know, it was, well. That doesn't again, affect the rich people. When I, I got gas yesterday, I filled my car, and it's the first time I paid over $3 a gallon since back in, what, 2008, 2009, when, when prices were, when gas prices went up. Yeah. Um, before they started coming back down. That's the first time I paid over $3 a gallon. Somebody's getting paid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Somebody at the top is getting paid because how can they do this when we were so energy independent that we didn't rely on anybody? And that's what we really need to get back to is the America first strategy is yeah. that we take care of ourselves and then everybody else can take care of themselves. Charity begins at home. Mm -hmm. Fix yourself, get yourself well, and then you can help others. It's ridiculous. I don't know. But no, instead, it's he. everything Joe Biden, I'm sorry, everything Joe Biden's handlers have done, because <laughs> he. I, I, I don't believe he's making decisions. I think Jeff Dunham has his hand up his butt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Jeff Dunham would do a better job. Yeah. Uh, or at least Walter. Well, somebody's pulling the strings. And but everything, everything he's done has been has been to undermine what undermined, undermine what uh, the country stands for, and it it also undermines everything that could be considered America first. It's like they don't want to be that. No, no. And so they've opened the borders. They've you know, and essentially they have completely opened up the borders. Yeah. And, you know, gas prices, because he has made us no longer energy independent, inflation's through the roof. They're printing money. Well, they're printing it like it's paper. Yeah. You know, there's and nothing to back it, you know, which is causing this inflation that we're having. Then all of the other policies that trickle down, like what's happening in the Los Angeles port, you know, that are his policies that are causing this, you know, in, which is now stopping the supply chains, which is, you know, again, back to COVID, mm -hmm. you know, and the mandates and the people that are walking. There are hundreds of thousands of healthcare workers. There are millions of people nationwide that are either walking out on their job or being fired from their job because, you know, they're not willing to get the jab. Well, speaking of which, yes. Chicago sues police union over refusal to comply with vaccine mandates. And we've had a guest on lately, and uh, I know of several other medical professionals from EMTs. Mm -hmm. uh, I even know a, a gentleman, which we may have as a guest soon, who is on a life flight helicopter. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be dismissed come January. Right. Now, there's a couple of things I want to talk on this mandate. There is nothing on paper about this mandate. He just no. said it in front of a camera, right. and there's that's it. Well, there's not actually a mandate. No. Well, no, I'm sorry. The only mandate applies to federal workers and contractors that provide services to the federal government, but no one's, that, no one's seen any paperwork on this. I think there is just for federal workers, is I there? think. Um, now, on the mandate about employees that ha employers that have more than 100 uh, employees, mm -hmm. 
there is nothing on that because he can't create a mandate for that. So what he's done is he's pushed it off to OSHA, who does not have the authority to do it either. And um, OSHA has not written anything. Yeah. I think OSHA is afraid to try to come out with something like this because they can't. Of course. You know, it's not in their mandate to be able to do this. Um, OSHA can't write laws. No, absolutely. And a federal mandate isn't a law. No, it's not. It's a recommendation. Yes. It's not a law until it passes through Congress. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, why do we have separation of powers? Right. Um, The other thing is, you know, his supposed mandate on federal workers is supposed to apply to federal contractors as as well. So any company that provides any services to the federal government, well, guess what? That is unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. It is, it's actually illegal for him to require that. Um, so that's getting pulled back. Now, some companies are complying just out of fear. Yeah. Um, but uh, like Southwest, I think Southwest doesn't want to, but they do a lot of government uh, shipping. Uh-huh. So, you know, that's a huge chunk of their revenue. Well, FedEx pulled out. They said, we're not going to do it. Good. And they, they said we would lose way too many people in doing so. Here's the, the, the corporate take on this. Mm-hmm. And I work for a corporation and I'm in management. <laughs> <laughs> the corporate take on this is always you're just a number. You're easily replaced. And this is where this crap is going to stop because we're already looking at retaining people and doing everything that we can to retain people, that that thought is slowly changing when there's a shortage. And these fat cats at the top that are saying, well, just replace them, just get them done, they're having to back off. They're having to back off on it because they can't hire enough people to do the job. I'm, I'm getting contacted by headhunters that I haven't spoken to in 10 years. As am I. It's uh, really becoming a, a candidate's market right now yeah so if you're looking for job karma there's plenty of it out there you can you can probably find you another job yeah and people know that and they're doing it they're like you guys are crazy i'm gonna go do this this is the this is the perfect case for states rights if you don't like your government in your state that you live in you can just go somewhere else well, and that was the whole purpose of, you know, each state being independent, mm-hmm. you know, so that each state can can govern as it chooses. The federal government is only supposed to be there for anything not covered by the states themselves or by the people in anything that's that deals with interstate commerce at this and point, the military. At this point, it's it's government overreach. They're oh. they're playing God yeah. with people's lives. And that's all it goes comes down to is they're playing God. Yeah. The power is incredible. They've got enough money. What do you do when you have too much money? You start playing God. Well, I mean, that's, that's the hallmark of an authoritarian regime is to centralize power. Everybody complained that, that Trump wanted to be a dictator and he wanted to be authoritarian, but yet he pushed all the power back out to the states. Biden is consolidating all power at the federal level. Mm-hmm. which is the hallmark of an authoritarian regime. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of Beetlejuice, uh, Lori Lightfoot <laughs> is the one who said 
she will send our dedicated officers home without pay if they choose to reject her unlawful orders. Well, that was her shot over the bow. Mm-hmm. There was a shot fired back by the Fraternal Order of Police President John Catanzara. Tell me more. He vowed to take Mayor Lori Lightfoot to, uh, and her administration to court if it tries to enforce the mandate. He told his officers to walk off the job. He can just get rid of her by going, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> no, that brings her. Oh, dang it. Chicago doesn't really need the police anyway because, you know, they only have, what, 50, 60 uh, shootings a weekend? Yeah, yeah, and they have yeah. they have strict gun laws, too. Yeah, the strictest in the nation, I think. Well, I've, I've got an idea to fix that. So okay. let's just do the same thing that we do for, say, I don't know, heroin. Let's make it illegal. Oh. That'll stop people from using heroin. Yeah, that works. Oh, hold on. That doesn't actually work. Huh. All right. Well, like in Texas, you know, <laughs> a well-armed society is a polite society. It is. Everybody in Texas carries a gun, and everybody's nice to each other. Yeah, you don't pull a gun in Texas because you don't know who around you has one on them. That's right. You might get shot. You will get shot. If you try to kill me, I might try to kill you back. I will kill you first. So, Uh. anyway. (laughs) Oh, boy. Sorry, folks. We don't mean to. We're supposed to try to be funny. (laughs) We're giving it a shot. Come on. Well, so so there's one thing that's funny that I I want to play this song as an interlude. And this comes from an. African American gentleman. Oh, which uh, I guess he's a white supremacist. He's the black face of white supremacy. Maybe so. Well, here it is. We'll play just a little bit of this. Let's go, So, <laughs> that's from uh, Lozo Alexander. And nice. Let's go, Brandon. It's my new theme song. Yeah, I think I'm going to say it everywhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you may put signs in the yard. Let's go, Brandon. Now, my question on that is, uh, did that woman actually think he was? they were saying, let's go, Brandon? Or was she trying to save her own job? <sighs> I, I don't know. I think... No, I, I think she really thought they said, let's go, Brandon. You think um, so? Yeah, I think she was just, she was assuming that's what they were saying. So she kind of heard it that way. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in a crowd chance, it's a little muffled. And where she was standing, I'm sure it was pretty loud. So I think uh, you have some Biden numbers there, don't you? I do. Uh, according to Real Clear Politics, which is a good place to get, you know, poll numbers and things like that because they, they do an aggregate of several different polls, uh, both right-leaning, left-leaning, center, what what have you. And so right now, the uh, Real Clear Politics average for Joe Biden, his approval rating is 43.9%. Winning. Yay. Maybe you need some tiger blood. <laughs> <laughs> you know whose uh, who's poll numbers are lower? Uh, well, let me see. You got it, Kamala. 
Camel toe? Camel toe Harris. <laughs> Heels up Harris. Uh, yeah, hers are, her, her favorability rating is at a 42.7. Woo, that'll blow your skirt up. Get out of my vagina. All right. I, uh, gladly. Please. Gladly. Um, yeah, well. I don't have a position for her, so she probably doesn't want anything to do with me. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, oh. Way too many thoughts and images popped into my head when you said that. So with that, I'm going to move on to... Uh, well, ho- hold on, hold okay. on. Back, back to... Uh, all right, so I've been seeing... You know, first, we've got Nicki Minaj. Then we got Pitbull. Mm-hmm. We've got this gentleman with Let's Go Brandon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a lot of people who really aren't liking the way the Biden administration is running the country right now. No, of course not. Running it into the ground. So people, to speak. yeah, people can't. Uh, it's funny. Some places you you ride around, and every fast food joint is is has signs out stating that you know two hundred dollars sign on bonus will pay up to twelve dollars, fifteen dollars an hour, mm-hmm. and they can't get people. Yeah, um, it's the skilled workers that are really people are having trouble finding a good job. Um, good in, paying jobs. Uh, good, yeah. Jobs, jobs, jobs. Um, I vote for jobs. You know, they're having trouble finding good paying jobs with benefits and et cetera. Lowering confidence in the Biden administration. Mm-hmm. Um, the inflation is readily, I mean, just climbing faster than I've ever, I've ever seen in my lifetime. Right. Um, gas prices, energy prices, um, you know, the supply chain issues. Afghanistan, border issues, COVID, you name it, Biden, his administration has mishandled every single thing. I have tried. I've even searched for anything good that has come out of this administration. I cannot find a single thing. Well, it's (laughs) the uh, mainstream media. They're too busy covering up for him. They clip his stuff when he's just stuttering and, yeah. and he can't get a, a single thought out. He's slurring his words. He's only in front of the press maybe one hour out of the day. And I think that's when they got enough baby blood shot up in him and B12 to get him well, hearing enough to even speak in front of an audience and then they only take pre-qualified questions yes. period yeah there are no impromptu questions whatsoever no you know we saw it we've seen it multiple times now when he's sitting with a head of heads of states in the oval office or in the white house somewhere and or actually in a sound stage somewhere who knows because he has multiple sound stages that they make look like He's in the White House. With a hospital bed just off stage. Yeah. <laughs> just to put him back to bed. <laughs> but, you know, multiple times now he's been with, a, a, you know, one of the, these foreign heads of state. And they rush him out of the room uh, before he can answer any questions. Yeah. I can't imagine what. Let's just listen to a few I minutes tell you of what, that. I'm so darn proud. And those poor people who have lost, you know, anyway. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, 
it's a, when you think about it. <laughs> if you couldn't get it done after wow. Sandy Hook, why should voters give you another chance? Because the guy I've done before, I'm the only one up here who's ever beat the NRA. For America to back up on its feet and once again fight for the proposition that we hold these truths to be self-evident. Sounds corny. Not a joke. Think about it. Not a joke, We man. hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, you know the you know the thing. The thing. The you know thing. how we talk about it. Are we the people? Folks. Endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights. Not a joke, man. They don't call Super Tuesday for nothing. By the way, this is my little sister, Valerie, and I'm Jill's husband. Oh, no, this is Val. Val, you switched on me. This is my wife. This is my sister. They switched See, on me. See, he doesn't know which one it is. Nah. It's not they don't well, want to help. They don't, want, they don't know quite what to do. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, 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 <laughs> make sure the kids here work. I have more people supporting me in the black community that have announced for me because they know me. They know who I am. Three former chairs of the Black Caucus. The only African-American woman that ever been elected to the United States Senate. A whole range of people. No, My point no, is... That's not true. true. The other that's one is true. here. <laughs> So anyway, this is elder abuse. They've yeah, got this. Yeah. They've got this dude. They've got him propped up. They've got to stick up his butt so that he can stand up there. And the people that are on his cabinet are the people making the decisions. Yeah, absolutely. And they're making bad decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but they know that they won't be held accountable. Here's the saying that I I hear it all the time, but he's better than Trump. No, he's not. Yeah. They just like him better than Trump. And I don't know why. His his policies are crap. And he's actually an asshole. Yeah. He's, He's quite mean and nasty when he's not like directly in the public eye. He's done it at town hall meetings. He's gone off on people and then stuttered. Um, He's tried to go off on people, I should say. I don't know what the public perception really is and why nobody is really pushing back on this. Mm-hmm. Is it or is it because they're afraid that Kamala will be even worse? Because she would be. Yeah. She would be much, much worse. She's she's a horrible human being, first off. Well, it's it's just crazy. Um, you know, funny thing is, is uh I just did a search on uh, Joe Plummer and Joe uh-huh. Biden, uh-huh. zero returns. Really? Zero returns. Because I was going to play that, but no, it, obviously it's been scrubbed. Wow. Let me see if I can find that somewhere else, because this is a little disconcerting. If they're starting to scrub this stuff off the internet, ooh, we're in trouble, folks. Oh, we've been in trouble. Well, and I think that's what's what they're trying to do, but... <laughs> well, it's, they're, it's like now they're not even trying to hide it. Well, anyway, we're we're not we're not even going to get into that. What do you got next there, Dean? Oh, let's see. How about your great state of Texas? Oh, please. You guys have more. you guys have battles going on on two different fronts. Hey, man, we're leaning into it. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, they're leaning back at you. Um, they're in the on your southern border with cartels. Firing shots at the National Guard across the border. Um, well, hold on. I thought yeah. those were just good people who were trying to have a better life. Well, yeah. And Democratic voters. 
Well, I mean, the National Guard is just in their way. You're just trying to move them. You know, that that's, uh seems to me like an act of war. Yeah. Uh, you're firing on somebody else's military. And, you know, because of a lot of the stuff that happened since 2001, an act of war does not have to come from an actual state military. Yeah. You know, a lot of stuff changed once 9-11 happened. Enemy combatant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's a that's a new term that we can use there. But I do have a piece here that I want to talk about. And for those of you who don't know, this is not a freaking democracy. (laughs) It's a... It's a representative republic. Yes. And it always has been. Yes. So this this kind of triggered me for, for just a second uh, when we were talking about that, when we talk about Democratic voters and how they say, they're ruining our democracy. It's never been a democracy. No. Well, they don't know what a democracy is. Yeah. It's a democratically elected representative republic. That's why, you know, the argument that we need to get rid of the Electoral College is so stupid. Yes. Because what people don't, what people fail to realize, people do not elect the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. The states elect the president of the United States. Yep. Each state holds an election and that state determines from its voters who that state will vote for in the, as a president. Mm-hmm. It's not people. A true democracy means mob rule. Yes. So time for a little civics lesson, folks. If you do have a true democracy, uh, let's talk about Prop 8. Prop okay. 8 was truly democratic. Prop 8 banned gay marriage in California. Mm-hmm. California, folks. Yes. This wasn't that long ago. No. And it was by a democratic vote. Now, why do we do it as a representative republic? Why do we take so long to pass laws? That way, rhetoric and just crazy thinking can die down and snap judgments can't be made. Mm -hmm. That's why we don't have a democracy. Democracies are not great. It's not a great idea. Uh, Democracies usually fail. But representative republics work because it lets people calm down. It puts enough guardrails in there for people to go, hey, man, this not might not be the greatest idea. Let's people think about stuff. And since we don't teach civics anymore, we've yeah. got people running around like people we know who say trust the experts, mm-hmm. who say stuff like they're ruining our democracy. Yeah. And it's not, never has been a democracy. Absolutely. Well, you know, you you brought up Prop 8 and from California. And how about, okay, another way to look at that um, is each state being independent and the fact that, you know, what what we talked about earlier, if you don't like how your state is run, you can move to another state. Mm -hmm. In a true democracy, you wouldn't have that. Each state would be the same. Right. So we would just be, you know, there would be borders, but um, each state would be pretty much run the same. Mm -hmm. So if you're from, say, Mississippi, do you want to live under the same laws and rules as somebody from California? Nobody wants to live under California rule. 
hate them Californians. But if you are a Californian, would you want to live under the same rules and laws uh, that they have in Mississippi? See, it goes both ways. Yes. And that's why we are a... Well, okay. What a lot of... Another thing a lot of people just strangely don't realize. The word state means country. You know, when a foreign head of a foreign power comes here, he's called the head of state uh, because a state is a country. We're supposed to be much more like what the EU is supposed to be, Mm -hmm. which are essentially separate countries with an authority, uh, a, a somewhat limited government authority that allows for things like interstate commerce. Mm-hmm. a national military, um, you know, a few national programs that the states themselves either cannot or will not provide. Yeah. Uh, we have went so far beyond that. I know there's a lot of people out there that want to get rid of the electoral college. If that happens, oh, God help us. Well, and they'll run roughshod over everything. Look, it even says in the song, the republic for which it stands. Yes. That's what it says. Absolutely. Uh, When the great state of Texas was its own country, it was the Republic of Texas. Yes. And we still have a secession plan in there, too. We Mm -hmm. have a secession clause. So we can go ahead and break away anytime we like. So if, if the United States becomes a democracy, we'll probably be breaking off. Well, and you know what? Back to, you know, it's a representative republic. Which means the people in Congress are supposed to represent our desires, our opinions, our you know how we wish it to be. Well, we so, see how that's working out because they only represent their desires and wants. Yes, they dictate to us how it's going to be, which is opposite of what it's supposed to be. Ben Franklin, the government should fear its people. Its people should not fear its government. Ever, yes. Absolutely. You know, Congress, senators, congressmen, the president himself, they used to be volunteer positions. Uh, not the president. All the congressional positions, Senate and, and uh, House representatives, used to be volunteer positions. They were not meant to be full-time jobs. Yeah. Well, these career politicians, they've really screwed that one up for, once they found out a way to make money for it, this is where we get into term limits, man. We need term limits. But unfortunately, the people who make the laws are the ones who are making them for themselves. Right. And they're protecting their best interests, not our best interests. No, of course not. You know, and they, they dictate to us what it's supposed to be like. Well, you know what? Look in your own district. And figure out who your congressperson is and find out, do they represent your ideals? Yeah. Do they represent what you believe? If not, stop voting for them. Stop voting for them if they've just got a D or an R behind their name. Absolutely. Stop voting straight ticket. Look at the people who you're voting for. As a independent, I would mm-hmm. say that I'm an independent. Mm-hmm. Uh I would vote for whoever has my community's best interests. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I mean, I've left uh, certain races blank when I've, you know, during uh, voting because I didn't know enough about the two candidates 
to accurately make a decision. I don't vote just because they have an R or a D. No, that's uh, that's the wrong way to do it. <laughs> yeah, it is. All right. Well, you know what? I just talked about this crisis at the border with Texas, but Texas has some internal, uh, an internal front that they're fighting as well. Careful there, Cal. Um, you know what? I got to report it like I see it. Texas House Bill 3979. All right. I'm going to read a, a section of this bill before we get into the meat of the story, what I want to talk about. It says, uh, in adopting the essential knowledge and skills for the social studies curriculum, the State Board of Education shall adopt essential knowledge and skills that develop each student's civic knowledge, including an understanding of. Now, before I continue, civic knowledge would be awesome. I wish they still taught civics like they did when I was in school. Yeah. Well, it's a little different, Um, even in Tejas. Well, when, when I grew up, you had to learn Texas history before you actually learned American history. Yeah. I mean, uh, when I was growing up, it was that way, too. In, uh, in Ohio and in Indiana, when I was a kid, you know, we learned about local history, mm-hmm. and then we learned about U.S. history, and then it was world history. Yeah. Uh, and then as a senior in high school, I had to take a U.S. government class, which taught us civics, which taught us the Constitution, Bill of Rights. You know, they actually taught what is said not what they think it might mean. So, uh, well, why did they do that? So we wouldn't make the same mistakes over and over again. Exactly. So anyway, it says uh, they want to develop each student's civic knowledge, including an understanding of, number one, the fundamental moral, political, and intellectual foundation of the American experiment in self-government as well as the history, qualities, traditions, and features of civic engagement uh, in the United States. Number two, the structure, function, and process of government institutions at the federal, state, and local levels. So far, it sounds all right. Mm -hmm. Here's where it starts to get a little touchy. Number three, the founding documents of the United States, including the Declaration of Independence, the United States Constitution, The Federalist Papers, including but not limited to Essays 10 and 51, excerpts from Alexis de Tocqueville's Democracy in America, the first Lincoln-Douglas debate, and the writings of the Founding Fathers of the United States. Okay, that's not the paragraph I thought. Um, It's a little... Oh, oh, here it is. (laughs) It is. It does so far. Especially the Federalist Papers. Mm -hmm. If you haven't read the Federalist Papers, go give it a shot. Yes, absolutely. It gives some great background um, and reasoning behind a lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So then it says, uh, in the instruction of the essential knowledge and skills for the social studies curriculum in applicable, applicable courses of Texas, United States, the world history, government, civics, social studies, or similar subject areas, Number one, no teacher shall be compelled by a policy of any state agency, school district, campus, open enrollment, charter school, or social administration to discuss current events or widely debated and currently controversial issues of public policy or social affairs. But teachers who choose to discuss current events or widely debated and currently controversial issues of public policy or social affairs shall, to the best of their ability, strive to explore such issues from diverse and contending perspectives 
without giving reference to any one uh, perspective. And then no school district or teacher shall require, make part of a course, or award course grading or course or credit, including extra credit, for student work for affiliations uh, affiliations with or service learning in association with organizations engaged in lobbying for legislation. What, uh, what I'm going to focus on is, um, you know, strive to explore such issues from diverse and contending perspectives. <laughs> <clears throat> well, well hold on, hold on. the bill is much, much longer. Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, hold on. So that's what we have the PTA for. And yes. so parents can tell teachers what they want their kids taught and kind of guide, make self-corrections. It's almost its own governing body. Yes and no. Not so much anymore. The, PTA, the PTA has lost a lot of its power to the school boards. School boards have become authoritarian. And um, the PTA, because of that, the PTA has become almost uh, a mob mentality because a lot of kids are learning things in schools that parents just don't agree with at all. CRT? CRT, SEL, uh Porn, uh, gay and trans porn being shown to fourth and fifth graders. Uh, heterosexual porn would not be allowed, but this is. Yeah. <clears throat> well, Gina Reddy, who is a school administrator in the Carroll Independent School District, uh, which is in Texas, says, right, this is a direct quote. Now we're talking about teaching different perspectives. Mm-hmm. As you go through, just try to remember the concepts of House Bill 3979 and make sure that if if you have a book on the Holocaust, you have one that has an opposing that has other perspectives. What? <laughs> you must have valid, uh, balanced viewpoints on lessons that people disagree on. So if they agree, then you don't have to have one. Or That's what you that have, says to me. It does, but it also, you have to take into consideration that somebody may not agree. You have to discuss opposing viewpoints. So, the Holocaust. I mean, she brings that one out in particular. Mm-hmm. There are Holocaust deniers. Well, They're called Nazis. Yeah. Um, so, what would be the opposing view on that's bad, that we were just trying to get everybody the same? That it didn't actually happen. Oh, there are a lot of people. America is made up some re- of some really smart people and some not really smart people. Uh, you know, that's just the way the nature of the beast. But yeah, there are people who believe the Holocaust did not happen. Mm-hmm. How they can believe that, I don't know. But then again, there are people that believe the Earth is flat, that believe the moon landing never happened. <clears throat> I used to have a friend who was a very strict Catholic, which Nothing wrong with that, but he believed that the earth was 7,000 years old Mm -hmm. and that God had put dinosaur bones in the ground to fool us. (laughs) I'm telling you, there are people who will believe all kinds of things. And the problem is you can go on the Internet and find people that agree with you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, this uh, school board administrator from Carroll, Texas, is uh, bringing up. You know, some absurd ideas, but you know that's what we're getting to these days. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and just coming, it's just coming to light here in, in Texas, but I'm sure there are more absurd views in many other parts of the country. Because if this has happened in Texas, I can't imagine what's happening in Portland, Seattle, the entire, most of the state of California. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to kind of say this. Somebody's trying it. It doesn't mean they're going to succeed. Right. And they, they can try this and that's probably why it's in the news is because it is so absurd. Yeah, of course. And that's going to get shot down, especially in Texas. It's going to get shot down. They're going to go, ah, yeah, I don't think so. And then the, uh, the PTA will come in like we've been seeing across the nation that they had to call the FBI in for. They're, they're calling in, uh, the federal government to enact the DOJ to create new uh, departments in the FBI to search out these parents that are now want, they're wanting to label them as domestic terrorists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, this is, this is government overreach yet again, just at a local level. Yes. And so we elect these people in to do a job and if they don't do the job, we elect them out. Yeah. And that's that. And that's and that's what I was talking about earlier. You know, if your congressperson is not representing your viewpoints, don't reelect them. You know, I I mean, I, I don't understand how hard that is, other than I think politics has become more about gamesmanship than it has about doing the you know, doing the job. Oh, it is. Both it the, is. Both, the, both the politician and the voters. It's become a competition. I yeah. mean, politics is the new sports. It is. And that and that's it's become it cutthroat. Yeah, that's a, that's all it is. Um, just like Biden came in and did all these executive orders, reverse everything Trump did. What does he think the next administration is going to do? They're going to do the same thing. Yeah. And and then it's going to re- be reciprocal over and over mm-hmm. and over again. And anytime you vote more powers to yourself, remember, your opponent will have those powers one day as well. Absolutely. Well, I got something on uh, government overreach. All right. This one, uh, they were talking that this was a conspiracy theory. Turns out it is not. So I will not play the theme. Uh Uh-oh. Biden's rescue plan will sick the IRS on anyone who earns $600 in the gig economy. Yes. So there are already in banks, these systems that track all, all, all yeah. of your transactions. Mm-hmm. That's already be do- being yes. done. But now they're moving the numbers around. So the way it stands right now is... People don't know that. They think there's a $10,000 limit. Right. The $10,000 limit is when you get what's called a SAR, a suspicious action report. Mm -hmm. Under structuring, you can get a SAR also. So if you were the same person who comes in one day with $3,000, next day with $6,000, next day with $9,000, that's considered structuring mm-hmm. and you'll get a SAR written on you then. Uh, now they want to do a $600 report straight to the IRS because what you can, you know, supposedly if you make 
under one transaction with a company that you're doing work for is under $600, doesn't get reported to the IRS. And with all these gig economy jobs like Mm -hmm. Uber, Eats, uh, all these other platforms where tips are involved, they're trying to strangle those people too. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was young, I worked at a car wash and I made way more in tips per hour than I was making uh, as a salary. And (laughs) that's how I ate. (laughs) And that money did not get reported to the IRS. No. Cause that was cash dollars. It was going in there. So, you know, Uber drivers, Etsy sellers, and others who earn income through the gig economy could get a nasty surprise from the 1.9 trillion emergency spending bill signed by president Biden on Thursday buried inside the 600 page bill was to provide pandemic relief is a provision requiring gig economy platforms to report information to the IRS about all users who earn at least $600 in a year. Previously, platforms were required to provide the IRS with information on users who made at least 200 transactions or earned at least $20,000 a year. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) here's the thing. This whole Democrats saying, let's tax the rich, let's tax the rich. You're not going to get much money off the rich. You're going to get your money off of the poor. That's right. where you're going to get your money. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. Exactly. So when you say, let's tax the rich, that's not what they're doing. They're taxing the poor. Well, and, and people think taxing the rich means something that it doesn't. Jeff Bezos is worth, I don't know, what's he worth now? Like 200 million or a billion, I mean, something I like know. that. Um, but that's his wealth. Most of it's all on paper. Most of it's in stocks and bonds. What he would be taxed on is the income he generates from that. So it's going to be a much, much smaller number. It's still going to be big. Yeah. But it's still, it's a much smaller than number. It's not, he's not being taxed on what his wealth is. You know, just like, you know, our listeners or anybody, you're not being taxed on what you have in your bank account. Right. You're being taxed on what you earn throughout the year. So far. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For now. Right now, Jeff Bezos is $201 billion. Oh, okay. And he still can't get uh, good satellite or rockets that look halfway as decent. Yeah. But he got Bill Shatner in space. Yep. Um, I got to say, the guy's 90. He does not look 90. William Shatner? Well, we'll talk about yeah, him. Yeah, we'll talk about bit. him later. You're right. Okay. But this is more government overreach, and it's supposed to generate about... $8.4 billion over 10 years on this crackdown. It's a crackdown. Yeah, it is. Absolutely, it is. It's a crackdown. They, they want to get... people who make very little. Yeah, people who make very little. They're, t- they're, they're keeping the poor poor. But Biden said he would not raise taxes on people that make less than $400,000 a year. Oh, he's not raising taxes. He's oh. collecting taxes. Oh, that's it. Uh-huh. Yeah, so this is uh <laughs> this is a this is just a well, and it's getting it's, it's, it's gonna, a play on words. It is, is all it is. It is, and it's getting to the point where the government wants to know what you're spending your money on. Exactly, that's what it comes down to. They want to know everything about you, what you do, how you do it, and 
This all started Again, with Bush in the Patriot Act. Yes. Again, it goes back to an authoritarian regime consolidates power. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what he's doing. Yep. He's following a playbook of being an authoritarian. All right. Well, I'm done with that. Go ahead. Okay. Let's stick with uh, government, not overreach, but stupidity. Uh, there's, that's a good one. Government stupidity from our favorite. Dun, 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 dun. Bitch <laughs> I love it. Kamala heals up Harris. Uh, came out on Columbus Day. Yes, I'm going to say Columbus Day because that's what I know it as. It's not Indigenous Peoples Day. My calendar says Columbus Day. Okay. Uh, Though I don't look at a Google calendar because who knows what that's going to (laughs) say. Vice President Kamala Harris has said that the U.S. must not shy away from the shameful past of how the first European explorers ushered in, ready for this, a wave of devastation for tribal nations. Says the woman who is not a DOS. No, absolutely not. Her parents are both immigrants. Mm-hmm. Um, she has benefited greatly from this country and opportunities. Yep. And complaining about how our country in the past treated people. Actually, no, not our country in the past. In what, 1492, so 600 years ago, how... I remember what I was doing back then. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Killing grannies and smacking fannies. Yeah. Yes. Um, So, but yeah, Harris made the comments Tuesday to the National Congress of American Indians saying it was an honor to address them. As we celebrate Indigenous Peoples Day. Oh, boy. The newly recognized name for Columbus Day. She says, since 1934, every October in the United States has recognized the voyage of the European explorers who first landed on the shores of the Americas. But that's not the whole story. Is it going to be Indigenous People, Ohio? That that has never been the whole story. Oh, my God. I don't know. Are there indigenous Texans? Well, no, no. You got Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, yeah. Are they going to change it to uh, indigenous peoples, Ohio? Uh, maybe. Or Georgia. There's a Columbus, Georgia. Yeah. 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 She says, uh, that's never been the whole story. These explorers ushered in a wave of devastation for tribal nations, perpetrating violence, stealing land, and spreading disease. We must not shy away from this shameful past, and we must shed light on it and do everything we can to address the impact of the past on Native communities today. Um, okay, um, here's my take. Yeah. Here's my take. I have never killed anybody indigenous. No. I have never owned a slave. Nope. And I don't feel effing guilty about crap. No. Period. And guess what? It wasn't Americans that did it. And I'm not doing it now. So, you know what? Not responsible. So, pedal your stuff somewhere else. Well, you know, she goes on. Uh, this is comical that she says this. Mm-hmm. Native Americans are more likely to live in poverty, to be unemployed, and often struggle to get quality health care and to find affordable housing. Well, they just don't know how to F their way to the top. The persistent inequity, the persistent injustice is not right. 
and the pandemic has only made it worse. I believe strongly that we now have a chance to change things, to improve things, to be better. At least she didn't say build back better. <laughs> but the fact is, be again, better. be better. Her parents are both immigrants. Yeah. Both became successful. She has become very successful, which by effing her way to the top. Yeah, heals up Harris. And yet, I I don't understand the hypocrisy that she shows in doing this. Well, just go back and look at her as a prosecutor in L.A. Yeah. And see what that's about and see how much she cares about the poor people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or the black people or the indigenous people yeah. or whomever. Hang them Harris. <laughs> that's what they used to call her. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, you know what? Let's, uh, you know, I need to hear it again. <laughs> Let me find it again. <laughs> <laughs> Because I got another one on Camel Toe Harris. Okay. Um, she uh, was caught paying child actors to pose as everyday American children in a NASA video. What? Yeah. She did this video where she's, I mean, it's just, if you haven't seen it, you have to find this video. It is on you. It's on YouTube. It was a made-for-YouTube video. It's creepy as shit. It's painful. She, it really is. She does not know how to interact with children. No. God, no. Unless she's eating them. Well, you know, they can be pretty tender. I've heard. <laughs> I've heard. If you slow cook. Anyway. Um, Kids are all right, but <laughs> yeah. I can't eat more than one. <laughs> But she was, uh, they filmed her uh, for a YouTube video um, speaking to children about exploring the unknown in a video to celebrate World Space Week on October 7th. It appeared in the audience, it appeared to the audience that Kamala Harris was speaking to children with a keen interest in space, but it has been since, since revealed they are paid actors who auditioned for the role. Get out of here. Yeah, the children were sent a monologue and three questions to ask the world leader to apply for the part. Well, this is like what they're doing with Joe. They only pre-approved questions. <laughs> yeah, uh, Monterey resident Trevor Bernardino, 13 years old, told KSBW that after that, like a week later, my agent called me and, and was like, hey, Trevor, you booked it. Uh, he was joined by Derek Brooks II, another child actor. Emily Kim, likewise a child actor. Zoril Tapo, a child actor and aspiring journalist who has interviewed former First Lady Michelle Obama and Sydney, Sydney Schmook, the Daily Mail reported. Ms. Harris also it was also criticized for the video by Fox News presenter Tucker Carlson. He branded it fake and fraudulent, and it absolutely 100% is. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> we have, United States has a pretty big population. Yeah. I'm guessing there are several 12, 13-year-old kids who are interested in space and NASA and, you know, the trappings that go along with that. She could have found real kids for this. Yeah, well, that would, you know, you can't put anything in there that they might catch them off guard and they might have to think for themselves. It all has to be scripted. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, it's like the old Chuck E. Cheese. You, you know, never you go know. in there with the robotics <laughs> and they do the same thing over and over uh -huh. again. Uh -huh. Well, that's Joe and Camel Toe. Well, yeah, you don't want them to ask her a question that might seem problematic. Yeah. 
get them off script. Oh, no. Can't do that. So, that is my bitch pudding report. All right. We're on express elevator to hell. Going down. Well, enough of that good news. Now we're moving on to tech news. And that didn't happen, right? <laughs> Let's try that one again. We are amateurs, people. Hello, IT. Have you tried turning it off and on again? So, first off, U.S. Treasury says ransomware payouts in 2021 could top entire past decade. No crap. Hmm. So, ransomware business is booming this year and could be bringing in billions for some of its top players. The report analyzed the massive growth in ransomware payments in the first half of 2021 by looking at suspicious activity reports, SARS, uh-huh. Uh-huh. from financial institutions, and were even able to estimate how some hacking groups were making analyzing blockchain transactions linked to their wallets. Uh-huh. The report found that reports of suspicious ransomware-related transactions totaled around $590 million from January 2021 to June 2021. This is one of the most shocking numbers in the report, is at least top 10 hacking groups have trafficked around $5.2 billion worth of Bitcoin over the past three years. Yeah. Um, okay, well, security point of view here. People are working from home. Mm-hmm. They're on untrusted networks. And even though you may be VPNed in, you are connected to an untrusted network. Yes. And if you don't have your routers configured correctly and you have UPnP play, UPnP enabled and you have open ports on your firewall or you have your firewall disabled by your kid who wants to get out on his Xbox mm-hmm. or is running some kind of server from the house... Uh, yeah, you're going to be vulnerable yeah. and you're going to get that ransomware on your computer and it's going to propagate through the network mm-hmm. and that company's going to be locked down. So I personally, as a security professional, yes, blame work at home. Yeah, <laughs> I can't disagree. Yeah, from, from non-security professionals. Uh, in the past, the way that it's always been is... If you're working from home, you have to have a certain requirement. Mm-hmm. You got to have a firewall. Mm-hmm. You got to have a certain amount of bandwidth. Mm-hmm. You have to have a locked room. If you're dealing with financial or medical, your office has to be lockable. Right. And one other thing is you can't print anything at mm-hmm. home mm-hmm. because you may not be able to properly dispose of sensitive information. So those are my guidelines for my organization and guess how many times they get followed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, you know, most people are using their normal home PC that they have. You know, if you want somebody to be secure and work from home, the company should issue a laptop that has been locked down by a professional. Yes. Um, And the only thing you can do is VPN into the company and work. You can't surf the web. You can't, you know, check your email. You can't do all these other things that make you vulnerable. 
And most of these things are simple fixes. Uh, 90% yeah. of this stuff can be solved through GPO and registry. Oh, yeah. And even host-based firewalls like uh, Windows Defender mm-hmm. do a pretty good job because, I mean, all they do is block. Mm-hmm. They block it, but people go in and they start futzing with that. Uh, you know, these kids that are on torrents that are living in their house that are lear- homeschool learning right mm-hmm. now, they're the ones who are infecting these corporations. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people who think they know a lot more than what they really do. Well, that's, you most, know, it's, that's most of the country. Yeah. Well, and it's most of the IT staff in the yeah, country, too. Yeah. I mean, most well, of opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. <laughs> and some stink more than others. But, you know, it's uh, that when uh, at, at one point I was fixing PCs for friends and, and stuff that, you know, needed it cleaned up, needed yeah. something working, yeah, don't do that. whatever. I don't, do, I, I don't a, do it professionally. It's a thankless job. Yeah, it really don't do is. it. But most of the fixes I had to put into place or I had to do for people were because, yeah, my buddy who knows a lot about computers was working on it, you know, and that created, they create issues all the time. Yeah. Just because you own a computer doesn't make you a computer expert. No. Uh, And even years of working on a help desk does not make you an expert. Yeah. Have you tried turning it on and off again? (laughs) That usually works. Yeah. All right. On to Twitter. Human rights activists are suing Twitter allegedly for giving Saudi spies access to his info. Oh, oh no. Human rights activists uh, filed a lawsuit against Twitter alleging the company hired two people who spied on behalf of the government of Saudi Arabia and accessed his personal information. Ali al Ahmed headed human rights advocacy advocacy organization of Gulf Affairs has frequently been critical of the Saudi government. Twitter, Al-Hahid claims, did not have the right to disclose and share private information under his own privacy policy and should have done more to protect his information. Uh Uh-oh. Ha. Okay, so they're using that to say, well, we just spied on you. What if that's the same Saudi activist that they found the uh, Apple uh, intrusion software on, zero-click software on? May have been. Al Hamid also claims the lawsuit that Twitter account was suspended in 2018 without explanation and has yet to be reinstated despite repeated appeals. The lawsuit alleges that the company has kept Al-Hamid's Arabic language account inaccessible so as not to displease the Saudi government. Uh, Another big, big tech corporation bending to the will of another government. Yeah, this never happens. Every day. No, it doesn't happen in China. Yeah, well, there is a simple fix for this. Don't use Twitter. That's what that's my fix for it. I don't use that crap. Oh, wait. Yeah, that would work. Yeah, don't use Twitter. Use something secure. Or just, you know, don't get on social media. Uh, Transfer your files or say stuff that you need to say. Uh, Send it by mail. Yeah. Write it down. Yeah. Lick a stamp. Uh Uh-huh. So don't use Twitter, folks. (laughs) Good Lord. If you think these companies play fair with your privacy, uh, think again. Uh, you give up any semblance of 
of any type of security when you deal with these online yeah. platforms that you don't pay for. Right. You are the commodity. And nothing is ever deleted. Nothing's if you free. If you delete something, all you've done is set a flag, making it, marking it so that you can't see it anymore. So I was, it's still there. I was working for this company and they were using all Google stuff mm -hmm. that was quote unquote free. <laughs> and I told them, I said, I said, look, you're getting analytics taken all over this stuff. They may not be sharing it with everybody, but your business is not your business anymore. Anything that would be intellectual property, mm -hmm. anything like that now belongs in part to Google. Yes. They go through all your documents. Uh, yes. They are OCR'd. They are read, uh, not by humans, but by algorithms. Not a problem yet. But if you become a person of interest, maybe yeah. your business is no the longer your business. The government can subpoena Google yeah. now. Yeah. Not just your business, but Google, because Google has access to all of that. That's right. It's crazy, man. You got any tech stories? You want me to continue? Uh, I got one. All right. More than 240 metro stations across Moscow now allow passengers to pay for a ride by looking at a camera. I don't see how this could go bad. No. The Moscow Metro has launched what authorities say is the first mass-scale deployment of a facial recognition payment system. Well, they're calling it face pay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, you I think wonder, with a face in it, right? Yeah, I wonder what it is. In, what, I wonder if that's like a Russian to English translation, or is it what it's really called? Uh, it's really called face pay. Face pay requires Metro riders to upload a photo and connect their bank and Metro cards uh -huh. to the most Metro mobile app. Oh, man. How can That's this just, go bad? No, it can't. It can't. I mean, they lost all their surveillance state back in the 80s when the wall came down, so I guess they're trying to get it back. Well, they said it says uh, the cameras at the designated turnstiles will read a passenger's biometric key only. And authorities said information collected for the system will be stored in data centers that can only be accessed by Interior Ministry staff. No, well, that's not that's not very reassuring. Well, here's here's the thing though that I just read is it said that FacePay requires Metro riders to upload a photo yep. and connect their bank. Yep. They're giving this up. They're not yeah. they're not secretly collecting this. No, they're no. giving it up. Yes. Just like People are doing steer. They're just people taking, do it all the time. They're just taking a page out of our book. Yeah, says that uh, Moscow's Department of Information Technology has also assured users that photographs submitted to the system won't be handed over to the cops. Uh, is the Moscow secret police considered cops? Probably the FSB. I'm sure you they are. You know they have access to this. You know they. Do. Oh well, yeah, absolutely. Just like uh, the CIA has, and yeah. the NSA has yeah. access to all that stuff too. Exactly. I mean, the NSA didn't they didn't they have their own uh, office in Facebook? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think they still do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, well, the CIA have operatives in every news f station in America. And just remember, folks. Also, uh, it was uh, four years ago. Amazon built a data center right by the Pentagon. Yep. Think about that. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> As Amazon grows and grows and grows uh-huh. and becomes the retailer of choice, the houses like all the government internet servers, yep. probably a lot of DOD servers on the back end as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, but it's not a monopoly. Not a monopoly. Oh. I know we had good news from Apple last week. That's not going to last. It didn't last. Okay. Apple just fired a leader for the Apple II movement. Oh, God. (laughs) Well, I... Okay, I'm just going to read it. I'm not going to form an opinion just yet. (laughs) Uh, Is that Apple's Me Too movement? Yeah, Apple's Me Too movement. Hey, look, you know... I don't believe people should be harassed at work. I mean, it just no. just shouldn't. Just come in, do your job, go home. Yes. Just it's a workplace. It's not a social situation. Well, Apple has fired, I guess it's Janicky Parish. I guess that's how you pronounce that. A leader of the Apple II movement amid a broad crackdown on leaks and workers organizing. Parish, a program manager. On Apple Maps, <laughs> Apple Maps, huh? Apple Maps sucks. Yeah, was terminated for deleting files off of her work device during an internal investigation. Uh oh, <laughs> that doesn't sound good. And action Apple ca- categorized as non-compliance. You will comply, according to the people familiar with the situation. Files include. Apps like Robinhood, Pokemon Go, and Google Drive. You probably got in trouble for Google Drive. <laughs> I would think. Internally, some employees expressed disbelief that Parrish's firing could be anything other than retaliation for organizing. Well, yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. That sounds about right. Uh, a lot of companies are, are, it's funny, a lot of companies publicly are coming out, you know, against anything that's anti-anything. You know, whether it's oh, yeah, race yeah. or... Oh, they're woke on the face. Or, yeah. I mean, but in Amazon. the back end, they're, they're canning people. Oh, Amazon. Who I mean, are organizing stuff. Both Amazon and Apple. Yeah. They're, they're woke Netflix. on their face. They're woke on their face. Mm-hmm. But if you get out of the what they're doing behind the scenes... Okay, so Bezos crushed mm-hmm. a movement for workers to organize for a union. Yeah. And I, look, I'm not for unions because uh, somebody tried to pull me into a union one time, IATSE, uh, for stagehands. Mm-hmm. And they tried to pull me into that for a while, and they said that I would have to pay to work. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not, yeah. I'll, I'll just, not, I'll just mm-hmm. not work in that industry. And so I went and worked in another industry. Right. But I'm not going to pay to work. No. Not going to do it. That's ridiculous. Yeah. To be able to have collective bargaining and stuff like that, I see that from one side. But on the other side, you know, you you just look at the auto industry and look how it's been stifled. Yeah. By. Well, I remember when um, we had to, I'm sorry, we didn't have to, when the government bailed out uh, GM and Chrysler. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading an article that in Detroit, it was the Chevy Impala. It cost an average of $72 an hour to build that car. In uh, the Toyota Camry, which is the same class car, mm-hmm. in, I believe it was Alabama. It was in the southern state. I was thinking it was Alabama. 
That's that car costs seventeen dollars an hour to build. Wow. That's a huge difference. And they wonder why American automakers aren't competitive. No, that's it. That's exactly it. Yeah. It's not the body style. It's not the, you know, whether it's electric or gas or it's none of that stuff. It's, you know, I mean, pricing of cars has just went through the roof. I, I Three or four years ago, I was going by a car lot and there were pickup trucks out there, used pickup trucks mm-hmm. with signs in the window, 45000 60,000, 50,000, and they were used pickup trucks. Yeah, yeah. I, That's I, the way I, it is now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. And a lot of it is down to unions, mm-hmm. you know, and not just the fact that you're in a union, you know, and you have collective bargaining power and all that. It's all the overhead. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that, you know, there are unions now where, you know, you're making a hundred grand a hundred grand a year doing probably a sixty thousand dollar a year job, and you will continue to get that hundred grand a year for the rest of your life once you retire. Yeah, and who ends up paying for that? The consumer. Yeah, exactly. They pass it on. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's all I have for tech news. You got anything else? Well, uh, going along your Apple, I have Netflix. Fires employee for leaking data about the controversial Dave Chappelle special. <laughs> and we talked about that a little bit last week, the Dave Chappelle special in, in DaBaby, mm-hmm. who uh, shot and killed somebody, but it didn't affect his career. But he made some homophobic comment that, you know, uh, that's tanking his career. Just the, the idiocy of it all. <clears throat> well, Netflix has fired an employee, an employee alleging they shared confidential, commercially sensitive information about Dave Chappelle's new stand-up special, The Closer, with uh, media outlets. The employee is accused of leaking data that appeared in Bloomberg about how much Netflix paid for a handful of shows. Um, it also talks about that uh, apparently Dave Chappelle was homophobic and transphobic in his comments during his show, The Closer. Netflix employees and external equity groups, including GLAAD, (laughs) and the National Black Justice Hashtag on there. (laughs) Maybe a plus. They've called for a closer to be removed from the streaming service, arguing it contains hateful, transphobic, and homophobic rhetoric. Good luck with that. In the special, Chappelle doubles down on his previous transphobic comments, and defends the bigotry of anti-trans feminist J.K. Rowling. Um, as of now, the special is still available on Netflix, and Chappelle is funny as hell. I don't care who you are. Yep, um, I agree. And, you know, the this whole bigotry of anti-trans feminist J.K. Rowling, bullshit. She's not anti-trans. She's not a bigot. If you ever, if anybody actually stopped and read her comments, they are not anything at all what they're being described as. Yeah. Um, she's, she's all about, you know, equality and, 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 you know, everybody being treated with respect and, and all that. She was poor when she wrote the books. Single yeah. Mom. She was a sing- single mom. She was writing the books in a coffee shop where she would order a cup of hot water and bring used tea bags that she had at home and sit there for hours while she wrote. 
because she couldn't afford anymore. Yeah, good honor. She's a success story, and people hate her for it. Exactly. Because somebody else was too lazy to do the same thing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, David Johns, executive director of NBC, hmm, NBJC, sorry, said, with 2021 on track to be the deadliest year on record for, the, for transgender people in the United States, the majority of whom are black transgender people, Netflix should know better. Perpetuating transphobia perpetuates violence. Netflix should immediately pull the closure from its platform and directly apologize to the transgender community. Obviously, the people who have, who say this have never experienced violence. They've never been punched in the nose. Or comedy. <laughs> yeah, everybody has a great plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's just... Well, don't speak your mind. You may get canceled. And, you know, the thing is, that's what comedy is. Yeah. It's supposed to make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. It's supposed to test the boundaries of what's decent. I love it. I'm going to watch it tonight, as a matter of fact. I am, fact. too. I am, too. It's it's funny that I hadn't even heard of it. Most, most of his stuff gets promoted so well, and yeah. I have not heard anything about well, it. Well, no, you're not going to, because the mainstream media is not going to put it out there. You're well, not going to hear about it. You're not going to hear commercials on... NBC, CBS, ABC, any of them. Well, everybody listen to our podcast. Go watch Dave Chappelle's special on yeah. Netflix. I'll do a commercial for him. Let's bump, <laughs> let's bump the numbers up because I bet it's good. Yeah. Um, I've always thought Dave Chappelle was funny. Oh, yeah. He's funny because he, he, doesn't, he doesn't care. He's got, he's got F.U. money. Yeah. So it's like, you know, okay, so uh, he doesn't make any more. Guess what? He's got plenty. Here's the thing. Let the fans decide what they want. Yes. Don't don't have some action committee trying to shut it down. No. Because somebody may say something that makes sense. Or if it offends a certain subs, tiny subset of people, don't watch. Don't it. make the rest of the public not be able to watch it. Yeah. Don't watch it. You're fine. Yeah. Exactly. Be all right. Actually, um, just thought of this. I, I I heard this earlier today. The uh, the next thing that's going to be on cancel culture. Ready for this? The Beatles. Okay. Yeah, there's a new um, Get Back series of videos that were, I guess, taken on old uh, Super 8 or, or 8 millimeter cameras back in the 60s of the Beatles doing jam sessions and, and different recording sessions. Mm -hmm. And there's a bootleg album that's coming out called they're calling it and i'm not sure who named this i'm guessing somebody in the bootleg sector is calling it uh white power nah. <laughs> <laughs> um the the first track on the uh i guess it's a play on you know the white album mm -hmm. but the first track on the album is uh negro in reserve hmm. so yeah the beatles are about to get canceled I mean, the Stones are, are on their way with Brown Sugar yeah. and the outrage over that. That song is how old? Well, and it's just now outrage? They're trying to cancel Clapton right now. Yeah. By bringing up something that happened during Jimi Hendrix days. Yeah. They're trying to cancel him because he took the vaccine and mm -hmm. couldn't play his guitar for six months. Yeah. And he and complained now, about that. And he's went out with Van Morrison. Yep. 
and telling people, look, do your research, do what you think is right. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to cancel him for that. And lockdowns are BS. They are. Provable. Well, that's what they have songs about lockdowns. I know. (laughs) I know. Yeah, I keep climbing up on this soapbox. Yeah. But it's fun. All right. All right, that's all I got on Netflix. Okay. Well, we'll move into our next section, which is UFOs. Yeah. story it's kind of a ufo story kind of a ufo story shat in space (laughs) (laughs) shat in space so william shatner went into space this week but what's being covered the oldest person ever yeah yeah i mean look i'm a shatner fan i love star trek I love Star Wars. I love them both. I'm yeah. not. Uh, hey, man, for the people who fight over this, I'm like, what? There's just more to look at. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is. With more this. stuff to enjoy. Yeah. So <laughs> big Captain Kirk fan. Okay. Huge Captain Kirk fan. Really? Huge William Shatner fan. Are you? I am. For real. But this is what comes out in the media. William Shatner tells the world to prepare for mass death. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that's why this is a UFO report, because I don't know where the F this is coming from. (laughs) But he says that he went to the edge of space and there's a Mm -hmm. coming catastrophic event. Yeah. Okay. How in the world Mm -hmm. is a man that spends five minutes in space? Mm hmm. What was it, five minutes? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it was. It wasn't long. He went up, came down. Yeah. It's usually the way it happens in, yeah. in Wiener Rockets <laughs> that Bezos has. Yeah. Go look it up, folks. They go up, but they can't stay up. Yeah. Can't get it up. Uh, anyway, <laughs> you know, really, I'm I'm happy for the guy that he's he's played uh, uh, Space Ranger for most of his career. That's yeah. what he's been known for. And he got typecast into that, you know, good on him. Yeah. His Westerns are actually pretty good too. But, uh, the guy gets shot up in the space, finally makes it there for playing a space jockey his entire life. Mm-hmm. Spends five minutes up there and we're headed for catastrophe. Well, the fact is that he went up through the atmosphere, which is about 15 miles thick. Mm-hmm. And once you get past that, you know, it's kind of that big black void of space. Yeah. And, you know, he looks down and he sees, you know, this thin atmosphere, 15 miles, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it will appear really thin. So he thinks it's really fragile. Uh, there's no, it's not that way. Yeah. Well, good on the 90 year old for going to space. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's this really sophisticated scientist. That's true, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've seen interviews with him and, and outtakes and different things. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, sophisticated is not the word I would use. Um, or scientist. Good on you, mm-hmm. Bill. Uh, good on you for going to space. 
why don't you just enjoy the experience? And if we're not talking about race, we're not talking about politics, we're talking about climate change. And is it's just, mm-hmm. I'm getting tired of getting beat over the head with all this crap. Well, it's, it's something we have to fear something. I guess so. Fear is a hell of a motivator. And we, thing is, we have no external enemies mm-hmm. that anybody will, you know, actually point to. We do have China, and thing, tensions China, are there. China, China, China. The tensions there are getting really intense, but they're not really talking about it. But uh, I'm going to stick with I'm going to stay with the UFO stuff. Mm-hmm. Out of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Do you <laughs> do you ever feel like somebody's watching you? In Myrtle Beach, yes. Or maybe or maybe multiple somebodies, <laughs> extraterrestrial somebodies, maybe. For whatever reason, you can pick your own theory. Myrtle Beach area has been a hot spot for UFO sightings for years. I had no idea. It's hmm. only you know five or six hours away from where I'm sitting. Tracked in a government database that keeps identities of witnesses anonymous. Dozens of stories recount firsthand experiences with mysteries in the sky. Some narratives are from tourists. Others identify themselves as former military members, cosmos enthusiasts, or retired law enforcement officers. I smell weed. Yeah. I smell skunk. Uh, I frequent air shows. One entry reads, I'm a fan of military aviation, and I can identify aircraft as I see them fly over. Not being able to explain this is irritating to me. I do not believe in UFOs. I still don't. However, there is video footage online that is very similar to what I saw. Dozens of encounters in the Grand Strand have been recorded in the database with 66 entries since 2019. Some sightings may be attributed to space launches, fireworks, or drones, but we'll let you decide. (laughs) So, yeah, they go on and describe uh, eight different sightings this year in Myrtle Beach. And uh, I don't know, there's... there's <laughs> did, did, did any of these sightings happen after a, a drunken night and say, my butt hurts, it must be an alien probe? <laughs> Are there any Myrtle Beach non-drunken nights? Yeah, I don't know. Wasn't there a show about Myrtle Beach that was some kind of reality show? I think there was. Let me look that up. I don't remember Myrtle it, Beach it, one. It I mean, was, there's Jersey Shore, but no, there was a Myrtle similar. Beach uh, reality show. I'm gonna look that up. Keep Myrtle Beach is like Myrtle Beach is like the Jersey Shore with Southern accents. Um, here's one. It's it's like Florida, only more redneck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's here's one. Uh, last night while watching Netflix, I observed an orange light flash outside my beachfront condo. Condo. Got it. It's when called it, it's called Myrtle Manor. Myrtle Manor. Yes. I don't I don't believe I ever heard of that one. Wow. Yeah. This is a hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if these are the wow. people that are seeing UFOs, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's Jessica, star of Myrtle Manor. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. okay. So anyway, um, apparently Myrtle Beach is kind of a hotspot for UFO sightings. So if you want to see a UFO, 
go to Myrtle Beach. Maybe you will see one. Um, you'll definitely see a lot of other things. Yeah, you'll some see, of it you may not want to see. You'll see some stuff that's unidentified. That's for you sure. You will definitely, <laughs> definitely find some unidentifiable things in Myrtle Beach. You'll see a lot of stuff poured into spandex that shouldn't be poured into oh, spandex. Or should, or should not be in a bikini. All right. Well, we're going to talk about Lou. Elizondo fights government deception. Oh, Lou. I thought you said lube. Lou. <laughs> no, All right. You're, you're still on that Myrtle Beach thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, ever since the Roswell incident in 1947, the U.S. government has had a difficult time getting their story straight. Initially, it may have been accidental. However, shortly thereafter, there must have been some realization that confusion and obfuscation and generally mudding the waters of fact proved to be more valuable than actually telling the truth. Lou is having a hard time getting this stuff out. You know, when Trump left, he unclassified these documents, but yet nobody's been able to get a hold of them yet. Well, a lot of them were actually unclassified when Obama left mm-hmm. in uh, 2017. And I think, uh, you know, there, which is it's very common when a president leaves uh, office, right before he leaves office, he declassifies a lot of things. And some of it is to show that they actually did something in their job. Mm-hmm. And some of it, I think, is to give the incoming president something to battle over. And I think that was the case when Obama declassified a lot of this stuff. Lou addresses the outright lies presented in the public mm-hmm. by Susan Goh involved with the Defense Department's public affairs. In the past, we have heard mixed reviews on her performance. However, we believe the letter below from Miss, Mr. Alonzo will certainly clarify his position. Uh, and I won't read the letter. It's it's quite extensive. But yeah. I mean, they're they're still there's they're still running interference on getting any information out. You know, whether you believe or don't believe is not really the point. The point is, is your government's still hiding information from you, right? That maybe you should know. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, there is stuff that the government should not be telling the general public. Right, right. About, Absolutely. About our, about especially our national, national defense, defense yeah. and military movements and different things like that, especially. Sure. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that the government fears releasing because they think there's going to be a mass panic. And the funny thing is, you know, they, they do things to actually panic us. Yes. And then they don't release truths that I think the general public would be able to handle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, eh, mm. Well, anyway, <coughs> that's it for UFOs. Do you have anything else for us today, Dean? I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I want to talk about one last thing before we uh, we break off here, and that's uh, U.S.-China relations. Um, I think things are really starting to come to a head. I know I, I, I mentioned something in our episode one or two about uh, Biden coming out and saying that, you know, if there was any cyber attack from a major superpower, that could start an actual shooting war. Well, yes, Yes, and that was said, but he's met with Xi more than he's met with anyone. And he's got another one coming up with Xi. Mm-hmm. Well, now Seems this like is... they're buddies, actually. Well, I'm kind of thinking that might be the case, but um, that, well, the fact is, China, just like every other country out there, 
does not fear the United States right now. Nobody fears Biden. No. Um, yeah, they know he's full of empty they words. Res- they they saw res- that during yeah. Afghanistan. They don't respect him at all. And now, and I, I've mentioned this a few times, we don't have a common enemy as the United States right now. Mm-hmm. That everybody in the United States... Just each other. To. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's what, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And I think G is scared of that in China. And that's why he's enacted some of the things he's done, like the... You know, only masculine men on TV and in news and, and things like that. But um, while this isn't a cyber thing, I think Biden saying that, you know, a shooting war could happen mm-hmm. is opening the po- door to a possibility because uh, the Chinese military on Sunday condemned the United States and Canada for each sending warships through the Taiwan Strait last week saying they were threatening peace and stability in the region. Well, they want Taiwan. Yeah, exactly. And they're going to get it, and we're not going to do anything about it under Biden administration. Taiwan is a democratically ruled nation. Mm -hmm. And China claims it as its own territory. They think it's theirs, even though it's not. It's been recognized as its own country for some time now. Um, Now, it took a long time for the UN and the US and, and others to actually recognize it. But um, China's mounted repeated Air Force missions into Taiwan's airspace um, and their uh, air defense identification zone over the past year, you know, just trying to provoke them, I think. And what's, uh, <clears throat> what's come of this is China is now making some statements about the United States. Um, I have something here from Newsweek says the United States has been increasing support for Taiwan. And on last Tuesday, Ned Price, the State Department spokesman, said America is committed to deepening ties with Taiwan. America's relationship with Taiwan includes providing military and political support for the island. Officials have stopped short of promising to back Taiwan in a military conflict with China. But Price said that support for the island is rock solid. (laughs) <laughs> well, the Global Times, which is a Chinese uh, propaganda, or I mean Chinese newspaper, uh, argued that America is not in a position to promise rock-solid support, and Taiwan is within effective strike range of China's military. Oh, boy. They go on to say the People's Liberation Army is prepared and <laughs> strong enough. That's funny in itself. I know. <laughs> is prepared and strong enough to resist outside military interference when the Chinese mainland is determined to solve the Taiwan question. Hmm. The Good Times editorial board wrote, the U.S. sending naval and air forces to defend Taiwan would be a death blow to U.S. soldiers. Hmm. That's some pretty, that's not just plain old rhetoric. Yeah. You know, and that's the Global Times, which is, Essentially, the Chinese uh, political party. Yeah. You know, that's the CCP. And they're telling us, hey, back off or we're going to knock you down. Stay out of our business. Yeah. Yeah. And see, this kind of goes along with uh, what I was saying earlier in the program about China being broke. The best way for a country to pull itself out of a recession, depression, whatever is to go to war. 
Well, companies do the same thing. The best the best thing for a bottom line is an acquisition. Yeah. And that, that hides a bunch of uh, shenanigans. Mm-hmm. You can hide a bunch of stuff in, a, in an acquisition. That's why companies yeah. do it. Yeah, of course. I don't know. It seems like acquiring another country. Well, there's that. But, you know, if China goes to war, its whole military industrial complex gets fired up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, that just generates income, generates GDP, generates all sorts of great things for the country. War is profitable. It That's is. why every president, except for Trump, has started a war during their presidency. Yeah. That's how we got out of the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. World War II. Yeah. Was not the Great New Deal. Mm. Um, God, no. That If it wasn't for World War II, that would have brought us into communism. It truly was. I mean, Eleanor Roosevelt was a, was a known communist. Mm-hmm. And she was pretty much the driving force behind FDR. Awesome. So, but, you know, I, I, I'm going to be looking at this a lot closer and watching the developments unfold between us and China and the Taiwan debacle as it's starting to become. I mean, this has been going on for decades. Yeah. But now it's starting to come to a head. But again, if China does not fear Biden or respect him, you know, why wouldn't they? They wouldn't do this while Trump was in office. No, they wouldn't. Well, thanks for that good news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Well, We're all that, going to hell. Yeah, I think that's about all we have for today. Yeah, that's all I got. So if you want to get in touch with us, uh, I am Scott at techtools.net. That's T-E-K-T-O-O-L-Z dot net. So if you have any uh, stories you want us to cover or anything like that, uh, send me a note and we'll see if we can get it on for you. And Dean, where are you at? I am Dean at techtools.net, T-E-K-T-O-O-L-Z.net. Uh, again, like Scott said, if you want, if there's something you want us to cover, go ahead and shoot us an email. Uh, if you have any comments about the show, go ahead and shoot us that. And only give him the comments. I don't want them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Scott's a little thin-skinned. Um, but uh, also, go to our, check out our new website, techtools.net, T-E-K-T-O-O-L-Z.net. And become a producer, you know, help us produce the show, you know, with content, with donation, with whatever. And uh, you can find out all the details at techtools.net. Your, if you donate, we will read your comments online. Yes. And you will get credit for any stories that are brought to us. Yes. And if you want to remain anonymous, we can do that. You know, we'll, we'll work with you on, on what you want. Yeah, just put in your note that you want to remain anonymous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let us know, please. <laughs> yeah, let us know. Well, with that, we'll talk to you guys next week, but th- we're going to close a little bit different today. With, let's do it. With Let's Go Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, let's go, hey. Hey, you know what they say, ho? Hey, you know what they say, ho?
and I say it with a passion. As I pull off in the Aston, don't nobody like his ass, huh? Tried to cover up and tell the people, go Brandon. But we know what they saying, though. You can hear the chant in every post. Don't nobody want this commie, because we not in China. Everybody hated Trump, and now they out to catch a body. That's what they get for treating us like we in Squid Games. Green light, mandate, like he's insane. These times, people waking up to everything. Go Brandon, but we all know what the saying means. Let's go.